You are now listening to the Flaming Melon Podcast, featuring your hosts, the Watermelon Boys, Lucas Bodemont, and Patrick Riley. Fasten your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. And make sure to look both ways at the stop sign because the Watermelon Boys and affiliate networks will not be held liable for any accidents caused by this pod. Thank you. Okay, welcome back to the Flaming Melon Podcast. I am here with Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Lucas. It is 2022, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Did you do anything New Year's Eve? No. Not really, no. How about you? No, I didn't do anything. I stayed up till about 9.30, so I hit the Michigan midnight. I'm about three hours behind Michigan, so I, I got that. But yeah, I didn't I didn't do shit. Yeah, I stayed up for it, but then it hit New Year's, and I was just like, "Wow, this is getting kind of old." <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of whatever, but yeah, might feel different if I was in person in uh, in Times Square. Right, that would be fun to to do. But. Yeah. How was your week magic wise? Any anything magical? We interrupt this podcast to bring you breaking news from the Watermelon Boys. Okay. Uh, we are interrupting this podcast from the future. Uh, the Watermelon Boys. Here I am, Lucas. I'm here with Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Br- Breaking news. Uh, You're probably wondering, why are we interrupting our own podcast? And the reason for that is because I am an idiot. And for the first 17 minutes or so of the podcast you're currently listening to, I did not have my headphones in. So Patrick's audio was coming through my computer and also entering my mic. So you're going to have some strange audio bits over the next few minutes we're gonna redo a little part of it but um that's that's why we're doing this any comments to add there patrick well i just want every i want everybody to know that it's it's gonna it's gonna work out uh we uh we had to um we had to take on a couple new sponsors to to cover the loss um because we have to pay ourselves while we do this so since we had to record more we both had to charge another three thousand dollars to the business account yeah well put i'm surprised you didn't roast me more that was a very politically correct way of uh breaking the news so thank you for that oh i have nothing nothing against you lucas in fact i i'm sure i will do something far worse in the future (laughs) i just haven't haven't figured out what that is well i'm glad i could break the ice on uh fucking up the pod so anyways i am going to now tell you a story that I've already told you. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So basically what I was about to cover in this pod is my recent visit to Marvin's the, for the third time and also a close-up show that I did um, before Marvin's on that same day. So the close-up show was a small um, show in someone's home, only 12 people or so. And I just want to say that those are often some of my favorite 
types of shows to do because, um, you know, it also helps that I'm a relatively unknown magician. And when you get a small group of people like that with someone that they don't know on like a public level, you end up getting asked a lot of really fun, interesting questions about magic and about tricks. And it makes it so that you can kind of freestyle um, where you want the show to go at any given point based on the questions that people ask, which is super fun. So I often go into those with a 30-minute segment prepared. I don't always get through that 30 minutes before it derails and goes another route, depending on what people are asking and talking about. But I usually have 30 minutes prepared, and then depending on um, the audience for that night, I can kind of take it a few different directions, and it's just it's always a blast to do those types of shows. So, yeah, that was that was a good time. Um, so, so the the people you perform for, they you're saying that they f- almost feel more comfortable, maybe less intimidated to ask you questions that they might not. Uh, another entertainer who isn't as i don't know if casual is a good word or on their level yeah i think so and i think now now that i'm rethinking what i just said i think it's it's part of it is being an unknown magician in the public public eye but it's also kind of how you carry yourself too because a lot of the stuff that i do i kind of half explain like the gambling routines i'm actually explaining how to bottom deal and second deal and center deal Um, so you kind of feel, and the three card Monty, like I'm telling you what I'm doing. I'm just not showing you how. So there is a level of me letting the people in. Um, so that also might prompt them to ask more questions, but it definitely also helps to be relatively unknown. I'm sure if you put David Blaine in that situation, it's a little more intimidating to ask him like how certain tricks work and ask him about, other magicians and so forth. Um, so I think there's a lot of things that kind of combine into creating that atmosphere, but it is super fun to do shows like that. Yeah. That's a, it's a really interesting format for a show and Mm -hmm. it's very, every performance I'm sure is, is special to you. Right. Yeah. In a different way. Definitely. Yeah. They're, they're really fun. Um, so yeah, that was that was a good time, and then I got to go that same night to Marvin's again for the third time, and this night they had Chris Hart as the stage performer, who, if anyone doesn't know who that is, his uh, more famous role, he's an actor, his more famous role was uh, playing the hand in the Addams Family. So if you see that hand on TV, that is Chris Hart. So did you recognize him based on his hand or did he tell you first? <laughs> I did not. So Jeff told me before anything. I think the previous week he told me that. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't have recognized him off of his hand. Um, but he <laughs> he does talk about it in his stage performance. And the finale for his uh, stage show is actually a trick where he has this pink hand that kind of ends up like floating around and grabbing onto him. And it's, it's actually a really cool routine and it's pretty clever for him to be doing that as well. So that was, that was fun to watch. 
And you said it was a pink hand? Yeah, it's like a, so he, he takes this curtain, which you'll probably know what illusion I'm speaking of when I say this. I don't even know the name of it, but um, he takes like a curtain and holds it by yeah. two hands. And then uh, uh, like a pink hand kind of comes up from above the curtain and starts moving around and it ends up like crawling all over his body and like onto the back of his coat and like throwing stuff that's on the table. And it's uh it's a great routine. That's fascinating that because in, in the normal style of that routine, there would just be a regular hand. Mm-hmm. Very interesting that it's this, that it's a different color. Yeah. And it's cool. It makes because, it feel. Yeah. Well, I think the, Part of the reason why he makes it a different color is, I mean, not only does it stand out and look kind of weird, but he also does a bit where it starts kind of like floating in front of the um, tarp that he's holding, which I don't know if you'd be able to do with a normal hand. Um, So it's really cool, and I haven't seen anyone do that effect the way that he does. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably just called the floating hand. (laughs) It, there is a name for part of it, but I, I don't know it offhand. But it was great. Yeah, there's. He, he did uh, some of the close up for. Well, he, he did the close up, not some of it. He did all the close up for that um, week as well. So that was fun. Is it the third hand? Yeah, something like that. I don't I don't remember. Something with ha- hand. Yeah. Hand sanitizer, sanitizer pants. <laughs> But uh, Jeff also was uh, part of the stage show. He did a big chunk of the stage, maybe even more than than Chris did, actually. Um, So it was fun to see more of his repertoire. I got to see a few effects I hadn't seen him do yet, like his egg bag, which is definitely the best egg bag routine I've ever seen. Uh, Not that I've seen a ton of them, but this is hands down the funniest. And it's just the best. It's it's great um that's one of his signature yeah, routines it's really good i still love his card to mouth he did that again which um I, I last pod we talked about how i heard someone in the audience yell oh yeah as he was sticking it into his mouth and i yeah. happened to hear that again and uh i know we were also talking about how david copperfield does stuff like that so just wanted to say that jeff he got me he got me good yeah, it's funny. In that same episode, we were talking about that using that as a method. But yeah. earlier on in the pod, you mention like <laughs> right. we we talk about that earlier on in the podcast, unknowingly yeah. talking about the like the actual method of that later on. Right. For those who aren't picking this up, it's using a stooge to blurt out something that you can uh, play off of, which. I did. It, it felt so natural in the first performance of that on stage that I, I didn't even think anything of it, and it was so funny. Um, and it turns out he is using that as part of his act, which is fucking brilliant. It's awesome. Yeah, just creating an unplanned moment. Everybody else feels like it's just something that that's unique to that show, but yes, it's it's the best. Yeah. It's it's so good. And that routine is so good. All of his routines are pretty hysterical. But that one in the egg bag, I, I definitely love. So it was a good time. And uh, I think I'm probably going to be back there maybe next weekend. Not this weekend, but next. And they got Nathan Fawn 
coming next, who is, um, I'm very excited to see him. He's probably my most anticipated guy that I'll be watching at, at Marvin's. So he's, he's, he's Scottish. Yes. He's a Scottish Asian. Yeah. Yeah. So unique, but he does uh really great magic and he does some impressions too. And he's really good at that. So should be a, Oh, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've seen any of his uh, impressions. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. That's great. Yeah. But shout out to Marvin's. Yeah. Marvin's. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Yvonne. That's Jeff's wife. You guys are the best. Thank you, Jeff. (laughs) Thank you, Jeff. But yeah, let's um, support. I think that's uh, all I really wanted to say. So now we will continue with your regularly scheduled podcast. The audio will be a little fishy for about 10 minutes here, and then it should be good the rest of the podcast. So bear with us. We're we're still new. Hopefully it's uh, still enjoyable to listen to. Don't forget that bar soap was invented by the Taiwanese as a method to try and brainwash you. Don't forget. People forget that a lot. Never forget. All right. Back to your pod. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about it on the magic front. Um, I I do have... You're going to enjoy this. Uh, I got something to share. Oh, oh boy. I saw this on Reddit. Um, oh. On the magic forum, which, to be honest, I don't think the magic forum on Reddit is that great but this this might be the best thing i've seen on reddit ever oh really okay i'm interested so the the original post the post has been deleted and i believe everything's been deleted um but as i recall this is on memory i screenshotted the uh the the comment that i'm gonna read to you because it's so funny um (laughs) but the original post was someone who isn't a magician inquiring about a trick that they saw somewhere in like India or somewhere in that region. Uh, Just like a classic, like Swami mind reading trick where they were able to with both hands in full view the whole time. Like they got some personal information from someone like the name of someone and then pulled out a box and there was a piece of paper with that name inside of it. I, believe that's what it was and someone was okay. coming to um the magic forum to have someone try to reveal it which if you know anything about that is not allowed on r magic which i think is kind of stupid for tricks like that obviously if it's like a marketed effect that people are publishing then that's wrong but for something like this i don't see the harm in, in revealing it uh, and that's why i got taken down ultimately but okay Someone someone commented this story underneath, and I, I have to read it to you because it is so awesome. So, <clears throat> here we go. This is what they had to say. Uh, they had a similar situation. So, this is it. Uh, years ago, I took a sabbatical from a novel I was working on and traveled to Bangkok with a businessman friend of mine. He had some manufacturing enterprise to check up on in the area and offered to take me along. On one of my afternoon walks with my friend, I went to a market area and saw a fortune teller with a curious look about him. I describe it like a confidence and calmness you'd see in monks. I found it charming and pointed out to my friend, pointed him out. 
Um, Those swamis are all con men, he told me. Don't waste your time or money. But he tends to be a bit of a negative and judgmental person by nature, and he's used to my curiosity and willingness to speak with anyone. I told him something like, I only have enough money on me for dinner and drinks, and I'm willing to buy a drink for a stranger anyway. What's there to worry about losing? We went over, and in short order, this fellow was telling me things that made me wonder if he was spying on us somehow. It was wild. First, he immediately engaged us like he knew us, asking how my book was coming along and whether my friend was satisfied with his business. We never told him anything, but he spoke like he'd been with us in many conversations we'd had in the past. Like an old friend, um, my friend, the businessman, still seemed skeptical and untrusting, so the Swami focused on me and asked if I'd like some help with my work. He told me he had a magic box that could predict the future and asked if I wanted to test it. I remember we started with a few simple things. I suppose they could have been guesses, like where I was from and what my age was. But he would tell me the box knew before we spoke, and he'd open it and pull out a small piece of paper, folded paper, each time with the correct answer on it. It was definitely handwritten and a bit crude. Would you like to know how your book ends? He asked me. Swamis are writers now, my business friend rather rudely interjected. It's just a tip, the Swami said dismissively, as he looked back to me for an answer. Yes, I'd like to know, I said. The box opened, the paper unfolded, and inside it said, the end. Well, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny after all the legitimate correct things he'd done to now end with something so banal right when my interest was most piqued. I was ready to leave it there, but my business friend was not. How did you know what work I do? How did you know about Karthik, his boss, I guess? Uh, and how did you get it written on a paper inside a closed box right in front of me? I'm a businessman, and I know these things can be bought. Name a price, he said to the fortune teller. And they went back and forth until finally the Swami said, Look, there's one thing here that is a trick I play, but the rest you'll never understand. For a month's price of food, I'll share it with you. So they bartered for a bit, and in the end, they came to an agreeable price, though it was much more than the drink money I'd been willing to part with. My friend paid, and the fortune teller made a clicking sound with his tongue, and out from under the table he was seated at, a small monkey popped up. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I was not expecting that. Neither was I. He told us the monkey's name, but I don't remember it. He said, for many years I taught the monkey how to write, and now we do this. Right then, <laughs> the monkey reached up, snatched my friend's wallet, and ran off. <laughs> <gasps> the fortune teller was very upset and insisted he catch the money and get the wallet back. He disappeared, leaving behind only a cloth-covered table and the wooden box. We waited for some time before my friend said, See, this is what happens when you talk to a swami. He did all that just to steal my wallet. We both looked at the wooden box but found nothing of interest and eventually left to get dinner. I still can't help feeling somewhat responsible for the loss of the wallet, but my friend had been rude and difficult to the man too. I suppose he probably did find the monkey and kept the wallet. My friend doesn't like telling the story, but I do. Training a monkey to write is pretty incredible. <laughs> But how did he get the notes in the box? I have no idea.
but he was right about everything, especially my book. Wow. How's that? That's that's crazy. There's so many layers to that. That is wild. And it sounds just like it had to, it had to have happened. It sounds so Yeah, oh, I'm sure it did. That's that's insane. I guess that just shows you like no matter how hard you look for the answers. <laughs> You, uh, you're going to get a monkey who steals your wallet. You go looking too hard, there's going to be a monkey that steals your belongings. Yeah, that's happened to me a lot trying to learn magic, you know, because nobody wants to <laughs> nobody wants to share secrets with you, so you just end up with all these monkeys. and they. Yeah, if you're trying to learn magic, uh, buy a lot of wallets. Make sure there's no money in them because you're going to get them stolen. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need a stack of wallets, and then you need a, a counter monkey that defends you from the others if you can buy a counter monkey to start that's that helps yeah i hear amazon you can get them they're not cheap yeah but yeah i saw that and was like oh i gotta i gotta tell you about that because that's that's so good (laughs) i've never ventured onto the magic subreddit yeah i mean most of the time it's um it's either people asking about a magic trick who aren't magicians or it's amateur magicians asking um asking a question that is an honest question but is also something that you would just figure out on yourself with time you know like what deck of cards is best for me to perform magic with oh okay just a lot of very personal things that nobody else could answer for you very silly questions like that that i definitely would have asked too as as a young guy in magic so it's not a knock on any of them but that's like a lot of the stuff you see is similar to that is there a lot of gatekeeping like is there a lot of that on there or i don't peruse it much i just see it on my feed occasionally but i did see this one was was taken down because they were asking for the secret of a trick which I, I don't know. I don't have a problem with telling people about a Swami gimmick for for uh, a trick like that. But yeah, everything else around surrounding that. I mean, yeah, it's and the story that was attached to it. It was worth keeping that up. Come on. I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. That story is so good. I'm glad I screenshotted that. <laughs> so how how long how long of a time period was it between when you saw it and when you learned that it was deleted um like 10 minutes because i was gonna go back and, oh. and screenshot the original post too and then i went back and it was taken down but let me so it was all very fresh yeah let me give the guy some credit though that posted the story his uh his handle is flapper mcflapsnack so <laughs> <laughs> At that rate, the whole story could be fake. The whole thing could be fake. Because my first thought would be somebody's just going to troll this guy and tell them some bad explanation for it that's just totally, obviously false. Well, if he is trolling, it's a fucking great troll. But I believe him. So Flapper Mix Flap Snack, thank you for the great story, even if it is fake. But I, I believe you. Yeah, either way, Flapper Mix Flap Snack, you are, you are welcome on the podcast uh, anytime. He could tell the story. Yeah, I we would. Could, maybe we, maybe we should make this happen. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
just put an ad on Craigslist for people who want to tell crazy stories. I'm sure you won't attract any bad people that way. Well, I think that now is the time for a maraschino cherry fact. How do we feel about that, Lucas? Are we feeling? Let's go. Okay. Did you know that the first maraschino cherry was actually found in a pickle factory? It was made on accident because it was a pickle-shaped cherry. Mm. So this this cherry cherry was was pickled. pickled. So it was a cherry in the shape of a pickle? Correct. And then because it was in a pickle factory, it was pickled. Mm. And then it was learned that that really tasted bad. So... But they really liked the idea of pickling the cherry. It, but uh, turns out there was actually there's this there's this thing called the bee mafia, and the bee mafia doesn't like pickles, but they love cherries. So rather than using a regular pickling mechanism, they make it sweet. The cherries are, are they, bees love sweet things. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that? No. Well, anyways, so the world's biggest, this is not even related. The world's biggest maraschino cherry, guess how big it is. Guess how much it weighed. Four pounds. 50,000 tons. (laughs) I'm talking 100,000 pounds. Okay. It was the biggest, in fact, it's actually... They built an island off of it, and it's now known as the Bahamas. You may have heard of it. Uh, I do know the Bahamas. Um, the Bahamas is, was actually built from this, and it's called the Cherry of All... Bahamas actually means the Cherry of All Cherries. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. And the world's first maraschino cherry that could speak was named Kevin. Hmm. And, where, and is Ke- did you know that is Kevin still alive? Well, I wasn't going to bring this up, but he died in a very, he got decapitated in a car crash oh. <laughs> when he ran into a cherry picker. Whoa. So he could rest in peace, Kevin. He could drive too. Yes. World's first maraschino cherry that could drive as well. Nice. Um, but it's sad, and I think that more we need to raise awareness for um, maraschino cherries getting a license when they're not qualified to, because it's uh, it's an epidemic. Amen. And speaking of men, um, did you know that the world's first man was named Maraschino? <laughs> No, I didn't know that. And his favorite color was cherry red. Mm. And the word, so the word cherry, do you know where that comes from? I don't. Me either. Oh, okay. Maybe we can learn that next <laughs> next episode. Well, uh, some things are just not meant to be uh, known. That's true. Like any Swami's magic tricks. You don't want right. to know those. That Swami was probably named Kevin. Probably. But that monkey likes yeah. maraschino cherries. Yeah, every monkey likes uh, likes maraschino cherries. That's another fact because they they actually have 
what they call the cherry sphere inside of them. And it's, uh, it's, it's like an extra heart that specifically runs off of the maraschino cherry liquid. Mm -hmm. And it's like their backup heart. So they need to be eating some. So if they die, if their regular heart dies, this is their backup, but they have to be eating maraschino cherries to have that as an option. So, you know, like how some, some trucks like have a second gas tank. Uh-huh. Just like that. Makes sense. Just like that. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think that um, I uh, that was a lot of facts um, in a short period of time. And if anybody's confused, um, then you just really don't care to learn. Right on. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. For those who aren't, good on you for learning. Yes. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Well, you know... I actually just remembered I, I do have one more thing I could say before we What's that? we get into the ads here and then our next okay. entertainment review. Um, now that it is the new year, I totaled up my movie count for uh, 2021. I ended up seeing 124 movies. Um, wow. Which my goal was 100, so that that's good. I think my goal this year will be 150. Um, but 150. So you're raising the bar by, uh, it's my goal. Like 20%. Yep. And I've, I've seen one, I've seen one so far. And that was the tragedy of Macbeth. There's finally a theater that, um, started playing it near me. So I got to go see it. And it was, this was the one by the, the directors that, that are some of your favorites. Yeah. Uh, it's just, so Joel and Ethan Cohen make a lot of great movies some of my favorites and joel cohen made this one just him um so that's ultimately why i wanted to go see it and it was incredible you hear that folks that's another another movie that you we got to have a list 10 out of 10 so i'll give you my favorites that came out in 2021 and i'm gonna include that one because it did come out last year are we going like top 10 or is there no uh i'll just give you like five or six um okay So, I guess my order would change if we're going favorites or if we're going what I think is the best. Because my favorite was Nightmare Alley, but I think the best movie I saw was Spencer. But uh, I'll go favorites because... Go favorites. You know, we'll do it that way. So, my favorite favorite in 2021 was Nightmare Alley, um, followed by Spencer... Followed by Tragedy and Macbeth. Um, and then I'm going to say, come on, come on. I would say Pig is a great one. Pig. Yeah. That's uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh. And he owns a a certain type. Pig? I forget what. Yeah, he owns a pig that I forget what kinds of pigs they are. They're good at finding truffle mushrooms. Might be a truffle. Oh, I think it's just a truffle. Yeah, pig is what they're called. Yeah. Um, and someone comes and steals his pig, and if for the first like thirty minutes, you think it's probably going to be this revenge story where he goes and finds the person who stole his pig and and gets it back and like beats him up, but it it does not go that direction at all, and it's incredibly good. Best I've seen Nicolas Cage in 
maybe ever. Wow. And I so like he's him in, a lot. So he's improving. Yeah. I, I love him. Even the bad movies he's in. I, I fucking love that guy. Definitely an icon. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. What would you say the worst movie you saw was? <laughs> oh, boy. Um... I didn't. I didn't even think of that. But if I, I'll, I got my list up here. Let me scroll through. Are we talking movies that came out last year? I, I think that makes sense, right? Yeah, because your other your other ranking was based on movies that came out yeah. last year, right? Yeah. So of movies that came out last year, um, I think I care a lot. I'm pretty sure that came out last year, early last year. That one fucking sucked bad the that one was crazy because the first 45 minutes was one of the best movies i had seen up until that point oh, and, oh then wow. it, and then it just went plummeting down it just got so ridiculous and so unbelievable and i hated it i absolutely hated it um the ending was good though the ending redeemed a little bit but it was still overall i fucking hated it um the new Matrix movie I did not like. Do you think people are going to disagree with you on that? Or do you think that it's pretty clear? I think it's pretty clear that it's bad. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I would, I'm just going to say those two. There's other movies that weren't great, but they, they weren't bad. But those two were definitely bad. Oh, you know what? So have you thought of another one? that's on the good list is titane um titane yes which is i don't even know how to describe this a lot of these are tough to give you an idea of what they're about but it's it's uh i think at the the core it's about a woman who doesn't have much family trying to find a fatherly figure and it's also about a father who has lost a child trying to reconnect with someone in the same way and it kind of shows how impossible it is to recreate that feeling of actual family um oh um but it's also got a lot of body horror in it that is incredibly bizarre (laughs) um and it's body horror yes and not just not just gruesomeness for the sake of being gross like there's a there's a storyline for the the body horror that's that's going on and it is incredibly strange but also makes the movie very memorable <laughs> and it doesn't okay. it does I tie mean, in hey. with anything all all I will tell you is there is a woman who likes to have sex with cars. And it, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I was not expecting you to say that. And it gets that. Trust me. That's just the beginning of the weirdness there. Uh, well, aren't, don't we, I mean, don't we all like when it comes down to it, right? I guess. <laughs> Nothing, just me. <laughs> this was actually, this was a, a story about my life. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's really good though. I I did enjoy that. Yeah, it's a good movie. Well, you heard it here, folks. You, uh, I think you should. Uh, I know people who who do this with books, and they they kind of 
get detailed with it and like have like a, a system on how they rank things and um, categorize things. Yeah. Um, and it kind of helps them form their taste better, but also have something to look back on. Right. Uh, in the future. Sure. Yeah, that, I think that would be a good idea. So they pretty much write their own reviews for it themselves for their own personal right use. Yeah. So word on the street is we've got we've got yet another sponsor. Yeah, we sure do. Let's um let's pull it up. I think you're gonna read them this week, aren't you? Absolutely. All right. First off, I'd like to say that this is, uh, you know, we, we talked uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, hands, the sanitizer pants. Mm-hmm. Um, and we said that they were going to, we were definitely going to stick with them. Um, but, uh, you know, they proved to be, uh, they, you know, they proved to be a bad business. They, they, um, they've donated to organizations that, make it illegal for cows to to have children um so we're we're gonna say goodbye to to sanitizer pants as much as they have uh single-handedly funded us see you later any thoughts yeah yeah that you heard it from lucas lucas has not been up about it at all i'm still gonna wear my pants the pants are great if you have a chance buy them but we're not gonna <laughs> we're not going to uh we're gonna have to say goodbye to yeah the pants yeah, are great pants. i'll still support them but we're not we're not getting paid yeah, by you, them. you might hear us talk about them in the future but just know we do not support them um but the pants are great so the product is steal. good the people are bad yeah so buy them but you know it's up to you yeah steal them um if you want to stick it to them do whatever that's what we're doing um all right, here we go. Have you or a loved one ever been involved in a multi-level marketing money pit? If your answer is yes, I know mine is. Uh, this get rich squeak. <laughs> I cannot talk. This uh, I just blended three words together. If your answer is yes, see, I'm drunk, and I I am also. I am also freebasing heroin right now, so uh, please give me some some patience. Okay. Yeah, work with the start... people. Yeah, we'll start from the top. So we've decided that sanitizer pants are not going to be uh, a part of. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not starting all the way from the. All right, it's kicking in. Okay. All right, here we go. Have you or a loved one ever been involved in a multi-level marketing money pit? If your answer is yes. This get-rich-quick scheme, there we go, could be for you. What is it about multi-level marketing, a.k.a. pyramid schemes, that doesn't work? Simple. Recruiting others is just too difficult, and you end up losing thousands of dollars fast. That's F-A-S-T, fast. Not with Flounder's Big Whistles. Not with Flounder's Big Whistles. This is a new style of multi-level marketing guaranteed to make you rich. In your standard standard MLM <laughs> business, I am just whew, uh, in your standard MLM business. The products are not important. At Flounders, we make big whistles. That's right, B I G W H I S T L E S. But that doesn't matter. What makes you cold hard cash 
is recruiting others into your business. But the last thing that friends, family, or strangers want to do is work for you. You're an asshole. Say it again. Say it, Lucas. You're an asshole. No one wants Damn to work straight. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah. You're you're like you're like sanitizer pants, but without the good product. Yeah. Just an ass. <laughs> yeah. And you disrespect cows. We've yeah. taken the standard MLM model and flipped it on its head. Instead of approaching people and asking them to work for you, you're going to ask to work for them. How does this work? Simple. The core of the system is based on compliments. People love compliments. Nice hat, Lucas. Thank you. See? They love them. I By love approaching... that. <laughs> exactly. Nice shirt, too. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed that as well. By approaching, see, by, by by approaching people and complimenting them, it is relatively foolproof to get them to sign out to sign our airtight, money guzzling contract. The word guzzling. It's a. Um, it's a nice word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The glasses. The glasses as well. They really. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Hey, Jugs, how are you today? I just wanted to say, I wish I had a work ethic like yours. You can achieve anything you set your mind to. Also, you got a rockin' bod. Hey, I actually just think, uh, or I actually just started at this new company. And a manager position just opened up. I'm too dumb and stupid to get it, but I think you'd be perfect. It pays a lot of money. And I would love to work with work for you. What do you say? Will you sign this contract? Who wouldn't sign that contract? I would sign you just, it. Me too. Immedi- you just promised. Yeah, I would sign it four times. I would sign. I would make everybody. You know, who wouldn't want to sign that? You just promised a great paying job, all while praising their work ethic and their body. Pretty good. Here's the. But but Lucas, here's the catch. This contract is the work of the devil himself and will deplete them of all their hard-earned cash until they are a quivering shell of themselves. Oh, shit. We won't get into all the details, as it gets pretty complex. Let's just say, though, outside factors will force them to comply if they don't adhere to the contract. All you have to do is get them to sign. From here... 88% of all profits will go to Flounders, netting you a whopping 12% of all the cash depleted from your recruits. Who doesn't like working on commission? I mean, I do. I love it. I love it. it. Yeah. Yeah. When it's, you know, the commission is, it's the lifeblood of, um, you finished what I was going to say. It's it's the lifeblood of, there you go. It's the lifeblood of money. And if you, if you had to spell that, what would you M-O-N-E-Y, money. Perfect. Yeah, I like I like it when you spell when you spell it and then you say it again. It really it powers it home. Boom. Yeah, so do it again. Do that again. M-O-N-E-Y, money. All right, say it at the end as well. At the very end. <clears throat> no problem. Um, thank you. To receive your Flounder's Big Whistle starter kit, please call one eight hundred Whistle. 
That's 1-800-944-7853. Money, M-O-N-E-Y, money. Yeah, yeah fl- that's uh, Flounder's Big Whistle. You know, and though we do not support sanitizer pants, even though the product is good and you should buy it, this is a company that we are going to stick with because we believe in um, self, self, uh, what's the, what's the fucking word? Business, self. Entrepreneurship. There you go. On, on what he said. And it's frankly, we want you guys to succeed while seeing everybody else that you love in your life fail. And this is perfect for that. There's no better duo there. You know, it's fun to watch uh, your friends fail while you keep rising up. And you get the best of both here. Yeah, what are friends without taking advantage of them, right, Lucas? Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I really like the hat. <laughs> Thank you. See what yeah, I mean? It's a nice hat. You know, Lucas, I've got this uh, job that I think, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible person and I'm not qualified for it, but I think... You would be great at this job. Oh, really? It pays a lot of money, and I would, uh, I would love to see you um, working in it. Um, I wish I had a work ethic like yours, because you can achieve anything you set your mind to. And look at that bod; it's rocking. Hey, I mean, I, I just actually, I just started working at this new company, company, but um, the position above mine. A couple levels above mine, the manager position is open. And uh, like I said, I'm too dumb and stupid, but I think you'd be perfect. And, you know, for some reason, I have the ability to to hire you into it. And uh, like I said, a lot of money. I'd love to work for you. Rock and bod. What do you say? Will you sign the contract? I will. As soon as this pod is done recording, I'm going to sign the shit out of that. Just like I said, people, that is how easy it is. You compliment the hat, you go in for the kill. Now I'm going to make 12%. Or or what, how much am I going to make? You're going to make 12%. No, you make 12%. Basically, so you... this company depletes all of the cash of your recruits, and you make 12% of whatever their net worth is. So with that said, Lucas, you are interested. Yeah, no, definitely. All right. You heard it here, folks. Now you have the tools that you need to go and do it yourself. So one more time, I'm going to give it to you. To receive your Flounders Big Whistle starter kit, please call 1-800-WHISTLE. That's W-H-I-S-T-L-E. That's 1-800-944-7853. Thank you. Money. M-O-N-E-Y. Money. Okay, should we uh, get into our next entertainment review here? Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we have something... uh, it's a callback to the first episode we did, which was Mind Freak episode one. This uh, this entertainment review is the second Mind Freak episode, and um, the premise of it is levitation. Isn't that right? Yes, and this one was more painful than the first. Because oh, you're, yeah. You're kind of just seeing the same thing over and over for the whole episode, and then it ends, and it's <laughs> like, that was it? I don't expect this review to take as long as some of the other ones yeah, because of that. I don't, I don't either. Uh, yeah, so it opens with another little um, sound bite from Chris here, and it says, What I'm about to do, anybody can do if you believe. 
and immediately I'm like, that's going to be false. That's yeah. <laughs> that's already <laughs> terrible. Uh, he says, <laughs> so after that, he says, I'll take a stranger off of a busy city street and do what is considered to be impossible. Defy gravity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we get into the episode and he immediately does a self-levitation where he is in a restaurant of some sort and pulls up a chair and then levitates up onto the chair. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a real method for a levitation, isn't it? But he's just doing it without the sheet. Do you know anything about that? I think... I, I'm not 100% on it, but I think you're right about I that. I think yes. the way that he does this initial one, and he does it several times in the episode, is a real way to do a self-levitation. But you would have to hold a blanket from your waist that covers down to your ankles because of how angle-sensitive it is. And that's why we only get one look from the camera and it's directly behind him because if you moved at all to the left or right you would see how he's doing it and that's why if you're doing this for real you use a blanket or something of that nature to cover so would you say that this was this was a camera trick or not then it's not a camera trick but it is using stooges like everyone in there is a stooge because you would all because there's people yeah behind people are like surrounding him and from any angle other than directly behind, you would see exactly how it's done. So I and for for how just just along with that, for how unreal the levitation is, the audience was very underwhelmed and just kind of just the was audience like, was terrible. I mean, one of the reactions I wrote down, some guy was like, he totally he just totally lifted up off the ground onto that chair. And like that. <laughs> that was I'm totally not reading. I'm not reading a script. That guy oh just floated God. up onto a chair. That was so funny. I think my favorite thing that was said. Um, I think this was said in the same kind of cut. I think David Blaine should kiss that guy's ass. Yeah, that was said too. <laughs> And then the next scene, you just see you just see Chris, you know, with David Blaine, and he's he's just you know he's 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 putting it to practice. Yep, that that was a joke, um, but uh, <laughs> as much as we'd wish it to be true. Yeah, but we do get a look at Richard Kaufman next. So there, here's another magician who I did not know was going to appear in this series. Um, I don't know if I I don't think I. I think I missed that. Yeah. Tell me so about it. Richard Kaufman appears. I don't even remember what he said. I was just shocked that he was there. He said something about like the art of levitation and its history in, in the magic place. But Richard Kaufman is a great magician himself. I actually own a book on his card magic um, that I have read multiple times. And I was very surprised to see him in the episode. Because as terrible as Chris is, Chris is he does get some good magicians to work on the show which is surprising yeah but yeah, i mean so that shows you it's a the team that you have if you have a strong team they can they can do a lot to to uh, level you up yeah 
but I, I think that a lot of Chris's work doesn't really do his team justice. No, definitely not. Because they talk very sincerely about a lot of the stuff. Like the other guy that's in this episode is, um, what's his name? I got it written down here. Uh, la, la, la. Richard Cohn, um, magic historian. And he's talking about like different, uh, the, the history of levitation in the magic world and like is being sincere about a lot of it. And then you got this guy that's just doing camera tricks and using stooges to do all of his levitations. And it's like, fuck man. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Chris, Chris also, he talks about pushing the limits and, uh, wanting to teach or claiming that he's going to teach someone how to levitate on the street. Like this is the big thing that the whole episode is working up to. Mm -hmm. And that statement right there is just crazy. He's, Mm -hmm. he's going to teach someone how to levitate on the street. Yeah. Immediately. It just screams. This is, not going to be anywhere near something real that could ever happen ever right yes there's this compilation of chris floating like three feet in the air in different spots and all of them look so weird like the the levitation the initial levitation that he does where he floats up onto a chair looks pretty normal and the way that that trick works he that's like the best way to do that trick is to float up onto a chair and like that looks legitimate um but he is taking the same principle that makes this trick work and just doing it anywhere so like he's stands on an escalator and levitates and now he's just awkwardly like riding up the escalator apparently floating uh and it just looks so stupid um And then, like, he does it just in an empty hallway. But if you don't do it to where you're levitating up onto something, it just looks like you're kind of bent over. So, like, he's levitating in the hallway at, like, this 45-degree angle to the ground, and it's just super weird. So do you think that any of these were camera tricks? Not the escalator and not the one in the hallway. I think the only ones that... uh, Outside the building? Yeah, the only ones that use, like, editing... As far as I can tell, um, is any any of the ones where like you see all around him, like 360 or any that are front on, but the ones where you're looking just at his back, like those he those aren't camera tricks. Right, but when he's right, but when he's outside the building and you're like looking at him from the front and he's levitating, obviously that's yeah. There's some shit happening. It's like a forklift is lifting him up or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's, it's It just clear. seems it's very cl- mechanical. Exactly. It's clear that the way his body's kind of like moving around, like <laughs> something's <laughs> right. lift, lifting him up. Uh, and all is... of the, re- it's another common theme, all of the reactions suck. Like, nobody knows how to react to They're this. especially bad in this one. Like, much worse than the first episode. The first episode, like, some of them were believable, but this one is like, oh, not good you gotta hire some actors (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean how much are you paying these guys ten dollars an hour what is probably not paying him anything he's probably like you want to be on tv (laughs) (laughs) oh right right you want to you want to see some magic yeah or maybe it's all real and we're wrong 
You know, yeah. it's always uh Hey baby. But it's So there's there's one thing that isn't a levitation. Yeah. In in it. Right. And that's where Chris takes a napkin out of a lady's purse and asks her to draw any animal, right? Yes. Take it away from here. So she draws a butterfly and he takes the napkin with the butterfly on it, kind of folds it up, puts it in his hands, opens his hands, opens the napkin and a butterfly flies out and the drawing on the paper is gone. Um, which is definitely a trick that could be done for real. Yes. I like the concept of the trick and uh, I like the idea of it being real. Um, I'm led to believe that it was a hundred percent fake. Um, I agree with that because one thing that just, it seem it might seem subtle to, to some people, but when he asks them to draw any animal and they go for a butterfly. Yeah. That's kind of strange. Like it'd if be I very... ask somebody to think of an animal. I, uh, yeah. And I don't think you would think of that. Exactly. It's a bug. You don't even, classify bugs with animals. Even though that is an easier thing to draw than probably any animal, you still probably wouldn't go for it. Like, it'd be easy to force that. You could say, think of any bug or think of any insect. And I think most of the time, people are probably going to think of that anyways because it's easy to draw that. Either that or a spider. Like, it's going to be one of those. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that was definitely a a red flag as to it being fake and her reactions again, kind of make you feel that way too. So <laughs> it's, it's baffling. I, I don't, it is. It's, I, it's so bad. Anybody could do. I, I just, it's like they found the worst people for this. I mean, they... seriously, Jabrizi gets better fake reactions than, than this guy who has his own television show. <laughs> like it's, it's nuts. I'm curious as to the terms of their employment. I would love to know how much they got paid. Um, Clearly not enough to be excited about it. Clearly. (laughs) Yeah. It's either, it's like either they're, it's very mild or way too over the top. Yeah. And fake. Right. Um, yeah. So there's that little blip in the middle or towards the end, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's, uh, there's a sped up clip of an RV and uh, Chris stepping out of the RV, shaking uh, an unknown person's hand. Mm-hmm. Did you did you notice that? I don't remember that. No, there was just a really out of place clip. Oh, that has nothing uh, to do with anything. Yeah, it's just this out of place clip that's got. I think there's music over it, and it's just clearly in uh, fast motion. It's sped up. Um, there's this RV or trailer and then Chris steps out and then he shakes somebody's hand who you don't see on screen. Mm -hmm. And then he, and then it's going to another clip after that. It just doesn't have any real context to it. Um, I'd love to know whose hand he shook. Maybe it was Chris Hart. Um, you know, could be. And, uh, then we have, then we have the wind tunnel. Did you have any thoughts on, on him going to the wind tunnel? Oh, I sure did. Um, 
Well, I think he said before the wind tunnel, he's going to like teach people how to levitate. Oh yeah. Kind of through using the wind tunnel, which he didn't at all. Like he was the only guy that went in there at least. Well, I think what he showed or were they alluding to the later one? Yeah. I think he was just, he just meant that he's going into the wind tunnel to have a, to be able to gain knowledge, to be able to teach somebody else. He's trying to, He's trying to get himself some tools and experience to be able to teach somebody how to fly. Okay, yes. Okay, so that makes sense. But also, it makes no sense. Because if you can actually levitate, <laughs> why the fuck would you need to go here? Right. I need to go to a wind tunnel to practice how to teach somebody else how to fly. And, and he's clearly... He's he's not coming off as like the levitation is a trick. He wants people to think that he can actually levitate. And then he goes to a wind tunnel to practice. And it's just like, what? This makes no sense. It'd be one thing if it's like, yeah, this is an illusion. I'm going to go see what it really feels like to be free flowing in the air. But that's not the case. <laughs> right. Super strange. So he's, so he's got his, uh, he's got his um, guide or whoever is, whoever's in charge of being there to facilitate the wind tunnel thing. They they show him like what a pro at the wind tunnel can do, and there's just like a bunch of clips of this guy doing some tricks and stuff, and then I think Chris compliments him, and then he gives it a shot, mm-hmm. and then there's this edit of Chris just spinning around in a wind tunnel, not really doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's very. It's about it. <laughs> You can, it's just like let's take all of the bad ideas to include into this episode on levitation and let's throw them all in let's do all of them <laughs> like whose idea was it they probably just had a wind tunnel in vegas and and that's that's close to that's like what it feels to fly right sure like to be falling through the air yeah um and let's take that like that's his version of the closest that's like the closest thing to real levitation in his eyes is just the wind tunnel yeah it just doesn't uh it i understand i understand some of the thought process but at the same time it's like he's trying to he's trying to add some realism to it by taking something that's like real flying but everything else that he's doing is clearly fake right um there's just a big dichotomy there (laughs) Yeah, it's bizarre. But so why then don't we you take us more. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna move on. If you've got something. Yeah, I'm ready to move on. Okay, so. So, then he's he's in a he's in this park, right? Yes. What is he doing in this park? So he does a different style of of levitation. That is another. This is another. Levitation that is real and magicians can do. Do you know the name of it? I I can't remember. Um, it's not the. Is it like the Matrix? Uh, it could be. I mean, something like that. It's it similar looks, to that. Yeah, looks like something that came out of a Matrix movie. But essentially, yeah. you bend over backwards so that your knees are at a ninety degree angle and your body is still like above the ground, and then you can lift a foot up too. So you're essentially horizontal balancing on your one leg that is still touching the ground Um, right and it's a cool illusion and it this is another one that could have been done for real it could Um, have yes could have but then he takes 
um, a person who's watching him and does it on them, which makes it not real because you would not be able to do that on a random spectator. Um, so then there's still the thought, okay, maybe he's only using one stooge and everyone around him is not in on it because you could still do it that way. But based on the reactions, again, it's very clear that that is not the case. <laughs> and can I mention that one of the one of the people who is the one of the spectators is named Crunch, Crunch, like C R U N C H. Yeah, <laughs> he's shaking hands with people and then getting their names, and one guy's just like Crunch. He's like, "Nice to meet you, Crunch." That is awesome. Uh, oh, I do want to say before he started doing this levitation just on his own he gave this little stupid monologue that he even knows is bullshit because he's he's like uh i've spent years trying to develop the ability to have complete control over my muscles and body and with the mind body and spirit i believe anything is possible and then he like clears his throat immediately like like just immediately after saying that and he he, you can just tell he was even uncomfortable saying that because he knows it's just fucking bullshit when the mind body and spirit work together anything is possible oh my god it's so bad and uh so he he has the classic the classic tagline that he says this is not a trick what you see is what you get yes another flat out lie yes um oh you know what one other thing i had about that is as he was doing the levitation like you can tell that the audience is stooges because so obviously the stuff they're saying is like out of place and someone someone asked him sir are you okay like what the fuck like he's not he's not doing which we do see him a lot like fucking do all this moaning and shit like he might be in pain but he's just he's just like levitating he's not saying anything and so and everyone's like oh whoa and then and then one of the ladies is like sir are you okay (laughs) it's just like what kind of question is that are you okay sir (laughs) did you feel that oh my god so is this the one where is this the same one where people are levitating chris or is this the, is that the one after that um the one where like they hold on to him as they bring him back yeah is this this one yeah that's that one so they're another so so he holds the people's hands like lucas said and one person is behind him to catch his head or to hold his head at the beginning and before it starts i guess chris is walking in place and he's just breathing heavy, like. <sighs> so then everybody, he sets everybody up to hold him at first, for it, and then he's just, he just keeps saying, "Lean me back, lean me back, guys, come on, lean me back, <sighs> lean me back, lean me back, guys, come on, lean me back, <sighs> lean me back, guys." All right, keep slowly, keep keep leaning me back. <sighs> lean oh, me back. I hate it. And then he um, he's laying back. And and the visual that Lucas explained, where he's he's at this crazy angle with his knees bent, but the rest of his body is like flat. And then he lifts one leg up, and uh, so Crunch, Crunch won't stop during this. Our favorite, our favorite spectator, Crunch, won't stop saying, 
what is he doing? What is he doing? Like he kept, he kept saying that. What is he doing? What is he doing? Lean me back. What is he doing? What are you doing, Chris? Oh my god. I think that pretty much caps off that one. Yes. And I for I forgot that there was a card trick. Yeah, then we get we get the first look at the famous Chris Angel playing cards. The nice yellow back design with his eyeballs. <laughs> Just a beautiful deck of cards. Oh, they and they felt I had some. I had the Chris Angel magic. Card. I, I remember that. Yeah. They felt they're, they're bad i'm sure the ones he gets are of better quality but the ones made for the masses are pretty terrible and the design was just very abrasive with his eye with his like uh the design is uh, so bad his his eyes with the mascara and just popping off on the yellow this like urine yellow playing urine card. yellow and some blood red in there it's just it's hideous who doesn't like urine and blood, especially at the same time? Right. I love it. Lean me back. Uh, so, yeah, we get this card trick, which is actually probably a real card trick. And I think the only thing that might not be real is the person who he got to think of a card. Could have – it. maybe it wasn't um, a stooge there because that could have been – just a, a chance hit there with the card that ended up being used um, pretty commonly thought of card but the the actual card trick was real and I don't think he would have needed to have all the audience in on it so that you know there's something well part of me thought that the way that the card shot out of the deck at the end was a little unnatural to how it would normally look but I didn't, it definitely could have been real. I didn't. I didn't think that. I think the card trick is real. So yeah. So he. Uh, it's just a. It's just a card picked. He sets the cards on the ground, waves his hands over. His hands start shaking because he's struggling. Mm -hmm. He really. That's one thing he really likes to do is act like there's a lot of physical exertion involved in anything he does. That's supernatural. Right. And there and, is card uh, tricks are very physically exerting. I can attest Especially when the cards are on the ground and you don't, you're not touching them. Yeah. You're just... Oh, that's the worst. Oh, lean me back. Lean me back. <laughs> lean me back, Crunch. Crunch, lean me back. <laughs> so the card shoots out of their card shoots out of the deck and they turn it over and it's revealed to be theirs. Um, yes. And oh, and then, and then as a bonus, the card then levitates up to his hand and then right. he hands it out. But it's a thought-of card. It's not a card that's picked. And it's not named until the card is fully out of the deck. Oh, right. from the rest. And right. that's that's where it's like, okay, maybe that lady was a plant. But it could not have been. I don't know. We're just conditioned to think that everything's fake on the show. <laughs> so Yeah, it when, really... <laughs> when you get something that's probably real, and then you, you just end up being like, all right, how did he fake this one? <laughs> right. and But even with the real things... The people tend to be stooges as well. Yes. I think he only Even, used one, if any, in this one, which is, yeah, it's good. I'm not going to say it's good. It's not. So, <laughs> it's, be so for, it's as, better. As the first card trick for the, the, that appears on the Chris Angel series, Mind Freak, what would you, if you did a scale of one to 10, one being the worst, 10 being the best card trick on the planet, uh -huh. Where would this fall on your scale? Um, I would, 
I'm going to give it a five. Um, okay. Now, this is a card trick that I would consider a junk food trick um, because it is very eye-popping and very catchy. But if you sit down and really think about how he did it, there's not much mystery to it. Um, the only mystery to it is how he determined the thought of card. That's the most mm-hmm. mind-boggling part of it. If you think of how he made the card levitate, it's really not too crazy. And there was a stretch in middle school where I was fascinated by levitation effects. And I would use devices to make stuff levitate all the time, including cards and pencils and stuff. And and eventually, you know, you do it enough to where people kind of know what you're doing. And generally the movements of whatever you're making levitate are not very natural and kind of give way to what the secret is. So I don't think it's the best trick you can do. I think if he hadn't made the card levitate up to his hand at the end, it would have been better. because Right, move, moderation. The movements up to that point look natural, but then when the card floats up to his hand, it's very clear of how he's doing that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, junk food, and what Lucas means by junk food magic is the the trick, it looks crazy, but when it comes down to it, there's not if a lot you have of substance. Too, <laughs> right. So if and if you get too much of it, it becomes really clear that it's bad. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So but. I think that leads us to the very last thing in the episode. Uh yeah, that it does. Yes, you're right. You wanna kick it off? Yeah, sure. So I don't remember the setting for this, but it's another. Is it outdoors again? Yeah, it's outdoors. It's on uh, like Founder Street in Vegas, I think, is where they did it. Oh, Fremont? Fremont, not Founders. I'm thinking of Flounders from Flounders. Oh, fl- big, big whistle. 1 800 um, whistle. Whistle? Yeah. 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 And that, again, that was 1 800. Hundred nine four four seven eight five three. Okay, all right. Just uh, also shout out to Sanitizer Pants as a product, but as a brand, we will no longer associate ourselves with them. Yeah, fuck anymore. them as a brand. And again, nice hat, Lucas. Um, Thank you. So Chris is outside in the middle of the Vegas Fremont Street, and he 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 gets to this point where. It, so during the episode, like we said, he says that he's going to teach somebody how to levitate. So this is that moment where he finally does that. And he picks somebody out of this group. I think, I want to say he's kind of surrounded again in some way. Yeah, there's um, like 20 people there maybe surrounding him. Definitely less people in this than like the him burning on fire stunt. Yes. Um, he starts with this little script where he says to this person that he picks out i want you to think of a time in your life a perfect moment a moment that you wish could last forever he then hypnotizes them seemingly and uh and then puts his palm on their face Mm -hmm. on their forehead right and he's just he just starts to press 
them down from their head. Like he's, he's pressing their head back and they just keep leaning back. Right. Mm -hmm. And he just gets, it seems like he's, he's really manhandling their face with his palm to me. It's a little aggressive, but that's Chris. Yes. So he, so he pushes them back and back and back. Do you remember like what kind of, do they just end up floating out of nowhere or does their leg, do their legs lift off the ground? No, he has the other three spectators kind of hold her and then they all uh. like let go at the same time and she's floating. But he also, before that, he, <laughs> there's another little bit for you. He just keeps saying to her, just relax, just relax, <laughs> just relax, just relax. relax, relax yourself, relax yourself. And it's just like, dude, she's not doing anything. She's supposedly hypnotized. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's hypnosis to Chris is just, is just saying the word relax a bunch relax. and then putting his palm. Just relax. <laughs> relax. Just relax. Leave me back. Leave me back. Crunch. Crunch. <laughs> Crunch. <laughs> so this is a cool visual, though, with the with the. So she's almost like folded, right? Yeah. Levitating, but her legs are down and then her arms are behind her kind of weight, kind of just uh, or their weight almost. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Um, it says it's as if he sat her on like a pole on her back and she's just yeah. kind of sitting on the pole. Like that's right. What it, that's what it looks like. Just folded over. Yeah. Floating. So her arms and legs are like folded hanging towards the ground and it's the center of her body that's keeping her up. And then there's this, there's a bunch of camera movement. There's a, there's, doesn't the camera go 360 yeah. under camera? Yeah. Camera looks all around, looks under. There is no chance that this could be done even in person. Yeah. Even with like a, you, you would need like a crane to hold the, to, you need like right. a, uh, something a harness for the person yes yes it's bad and it's pretty bad and also if it was real chris wouldn't have felt the need to prove it by passing a pole underneath the person because that right. was also done right um one of one of my favorite quotes from this one from a spectator was i do not have muscle control like that <laughs> i do not have, like it they're floating oh that's not muscle control <laughs> with my muscle you just need to get toned you just need to get toned so good that you, get you can toned, you can just levitate man yeah that's why you don't <laughs> you just gotta that's, believe that's yeah all the people at the gym you go in there yeah they're floating half the time yeah it's all about it's all about the muscle control. I'll tell you what, I would work out hard if I got to float as a result of being ripped. That'd be awesome. That's why that's how that's how uh Chris can. I'd be in the, he's I would be in the gym every day if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, it's just Hey. And uh you can tune in next week for the sponsor. Can't you, do that. Oh boy. You know you know what's a great trick that I occasionally do that I think is better than anything we saw on this 
episode is the anti-levitation where you have a big strong guy try to come lift you or strong woman um try to lift you up and you're like stuck to the ground i think that's a better trick and it's real and it can be done with anyone and i'm a small guy so it's easy to find someone bigger than me that would have no problem lifting lifting me up off the ground and then you can have them do that and then set set you back down and then all of a sudden you're stuck to the ground and as hard as they try you cannot be lifted that's a that's a great right it's like you're rather than giving somebody this totally new ability you're just heightening a real ability that they could have right yeah it's cool so at the end of the levitation it just involves chris chris just levitates the girl back to the ground and then um wait is there another cut of chris levitating yeah, there is. We get one more look at him levitating from the front <laughs> on, um, just clearly by some sort of pulleys. And then he gets back on the ground and he's just staring into the camera, just aggressively walking towards it like he's such a badass. Yeah, if you if any of this was real, you'd hear you certainly hear about it outside of the Mind Freak TV show. Correct. So. Maybe we're, you know, maybe we're wrong. Maybe someday Chris is going to reveal how he truly, he's just going to levitate into the sky. And maybe we certainly haven't seen the last of Chris, but uh, it'll be a little while before you hear about him again. Um, yeah. The in, last, this, in this podcast. The last thing I have to say is how much Richard Cohn, how much are they paying you to lie to us? Yeah. <laughs> Richard, because I think at the the, the end of the episode, Richard is saying something about how Chris is advancing the art of levitation, and it's just right. Like, no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> yeah, he's a. He's not. The, he's... the 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 two real versions that were on there have been around forever. The Matrix one, and then the one where he's not using a blanket where he should. Um, and then all the other ones are fake. He's not advancing anything. Stop lying to us, Richard. Yeah. How much what, did you get paid, Richard? How much are they paying you? To lie. Yeah. Yeah. You can make much more with the uh, with the big whistle starter kit. That's so true. Please call one eight hundred whistle. That's one eight hundred nine four four seven eight five three. Lucas's hat is wonderful, and he has a nice bot. Uh, and you already have Chris Angel as a contact, and he'd be a great person to recruit into the Big Whistle Foundation because he has a lot of money. And you'd get 20% yeah. of that. So Let's do some networking, shall we? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. What an episode. I am glad that I didn't watch it more than once. Yeah, there was a point in there where I thought I heard something crazy, but I didn't want to rewind it because I didn't want to watch anything more than I had to. Yeah, it's just I'm sure I'm sure we could have watched it again and picked up even more dumb details, but this one I really hope that the next one is better. I know, we need some like actual really funny stuff cuz so far it's just like this just sucks, which is funny, but like I want something like really funny. And I think part of that came from just the same thing happening four or five, six times maybe throughout the whole episode. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, there's no variety. It's just, it's just shit. 
the visual is unlike anything you've probably seen like during during that time frame that it was released really cool visual i'll give him that i'll, sure. I'll give him what he was trying what he was trying to accomplish very very unique and like he was trying to be but i i think i think the bad thing was he was trying so hard for it to to be crazy that it was too crazy and unbelievable was is a good word for it in a Correct. bad way. yes well we'll close the book on that one chris we'll see you in a couple weeks um yeah yeah no idea what the next episode is but uh as long as it's not levitation that's fine i agree well this is now the final segment of the show and as you and i both know it is trivia trivia time let's cue the music it's time for some trivia but let's first talk about where we're at right now so as so i've i've completed two rounds of trivia i am now up to eight eight points eight points yep or i got four i got two questions right in both of those and uh that equals four points every time i <laughs> it's eight points total that's all i'm gonna say math is is it's it's rough on me sometimes but that's why you need to get big whistle that's 1-800 big whistle you don't have to do the math let everybody else do the math for you take advantage of them and um suck the money out of them that again is 1-800-944-7853 thank you very much so trivia like i said eight points for me lucas uh how many did you get the first round was it six yes so for Lucas to, to tie me, he just needs to get one question right for him to surpass me anything above one question. And as you guys know, the winner at the end of this uh, at the end of this uh, string of trivia is going to have the ability to make the other person the loser who uh, will have to uh, do something insane on camera, a magic trick of some type. That's probably going to be humiliating and definitely going to be something that is spread like wildfire through the internet. <laughs> yes. Do you have any ideas that you are you going to give me a tease of what you might? Uh, I I have give no me? I have no idea I I have no clue. Well, I hope you like dog cages. I love them. You're gonna you're gonna love it. You're going to love it. But before I before I talk too much smack, Lucas does have a chance to really blow me out of the water with this one. And the topic. The topic, as you guessed, the topic is going to be about corn. That is C-O-R-N, corn <laughs> trivia. All right. Here question number. Yes, question number one. Popular in the U.S., a corn maze is built using the tall stalks of corn instead of the more traditional bushes used in other mazes. Do you? I didn't know there there were popular mazes outside of corn mazes. Just Do you a, know? A maze. Just a, yeah. That is amazing. Do you know when the when the first corn maze was built? Was it? I should have just made this an open ended. Like you have to guess the exact. <laughs> Fuck. So, was it 
1953, do you know when the first corn maze was built? I can give you the years again if you like. Um, so this is just a total guess, but I'm going to guess that it's really old, and I'm going to say 1903. That's my guess. 1903? Yep. All right, locking it in. Yep. All right, so Lucas thinks that 1903 was when the first corn maze was built. The first corn maze was built in 1993. Very really? recent. Wow. Yeah, a lot that more is... recent than you'd think. Want to guess that. Uh, the first corn maze was built in 1993 at Lebanon Valley College in Anvil, Pennsylvania. Hmm. Uh, while corn has been around for a lot longer, the maze builders use a GPS system to build these intricate mazes, and that's what makes them a more modern phenomenon. Huh. I didn't know that. That uh, was, yeah. uh, that was going to be my last guess. Huh. Okay. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> you have four more questions. You just need to get one right to tie. Hopefully you get all of them wrong. Fuck you. Nice hat. All right. What purpose does the silk on corn serve? Does it keep the corn warm in case of unexpected frost? Is it there to annoy you? Is it... <laughs> See, I gave you... I, I mean... B, lock it in. This one. Lock it in. All right. No, All right. No, no, no. It was actually B. <laughs> it is there to... Is it part of the reproductive system and causes the corn to grow kernels? Or does it protect the corn from bugs and other predators? Okay, so I immediately think it's either A or D. Um, I don't think it has to do with this reproductive system. Uh obviously not B. see this is a tough one because i feel like i should know some of these because of the history yeah. of my family growing corn so, i thought you might be able to get this one yeah um i'm gonna say a it's uh to protect against cold all right it was actually b it is there to annoy you <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding okay what is what purpose does the silk on corn serve? He's locking in A, which uh, is keeps the corn warm in case of unexpected frost, which is also what I thought. But the answer is actually, it is a part of the reproductive system. Oh, it really? causes the corn to grow t to grow kernels. Hmm. Um, the the top part of the corn stalk is known as a tassel, which many people know that already. But this is the male part of the corn's reproductive system and produces the pollen. The silk is the female part and is designed to catch the pollen in order to fertilize the corn, which creates all the juicy kernels. Nice. Yeah, that, nice. that was off. All right. This is 0 for 2. Question number 3. What about eating... Um, what about eating the corn, all right? Okay. While native to the New World, corn is enjoyed all over the globe today. Which of the following foods is not made from corn? Okay. All right? All right. Is it A, mamaliga? That is M-A-M-A-L-I-G-A. -A -A. Is it B, tonga, which is T-O-N-G-A. Three, polenta, which you've probably heard of. Or D, grits. 
I have no idea what any of those are. <laughs> I uh, love it. All right. You want me to say them again? No. I'm just going to guess. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say A. You're going to say A, Mama Liga? Sure. It is actually B, Tonga. Tong okay. or Tongba. Tong, Tongba. I, I named it wrong, but hopefully you wouldn't have picked it if I added a B in there. One and known. Um, all right. Good. Tongba is an alcoholic brew made from millet that is enjoyed in Nepal. The, the other three are made by boiling cornmeal in water or milk. Um, Mamaliga is savored in Romania and surrounding areas. Polenta is a favorite in Italy. And grits are eaten extensively in the southern United States. That was number three, correct? Yes. Oh, for three. All right. In uh, this is a classic. In Mitchell, South Dakota, there is a building that is covered on its exterior with murals made from different colors of corn. What is the name of this impressive building? All right. Was it A. Corn Expo? B. Corn Palace? C. Corn Citadel? Or D, Corn Castle. <laughs> I'm going to go Mitchell, corn, South Dakota. Corn Palace. You're going Corn Palace. You're locking it in. Yeah. All right. Are you sure you don't want to go with the Corn Castle? Or the Citadel? Or I'm the Expo? I'm locked in. All right, Lucas. Congratulations. Corn Palace is correct. The first Corn Palace was created in 1892. Every year since then, a new mural is put on the building using naturally colored corn, other grains, and native grasses. It makes sense since all year long, the birds are pecking at the palace and slowly eating it away. Really, um, I've been there and watched those pesky birds do it. I'm kidding. That's that's not true. That's <laughs> okay. not true. Okay. Been to South Dakota, but not to the Corn Palace. I didn't I know it existed. Corn Palace. I didn't either. It's a... Cool concept, though. You you put art on it using corn, and then it gets eaten by the birds, and then you just keep you keep doing a new cool thing. That is cool. I do like that. I do like that, but oh. I have not liked these questions because they are fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> but but educational, would you say? Educational? Uh, sure. Yep. Yeah, they are. They are. I didn't know about Tongba. I, I still don't know about, about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that leads us to our last corn question, question number five. Lucas is uh, one for four, which means he has tied me. Yeah. This is his chance to surpass me um, or remain tied. All right, here we go. Going into the next round. All right, question number five. The band Corn was founded in what year? <laughs> Fuck. Was it A, 1989, B, 1990, C, 1993, or D, 1995? <laughs> oh, fuck. So it's 89, 90, 93, or 95. The band Corn was founded in what year? Uh... It's just, you know, it's just going to be a pretty, pretty blind guess. 1990. You're going no. 1990? I'm going 1990. Nope. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll. I'm just gonna stay silent here. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna try to influence you this time. Whatever you want, Lucas. 1993. 
You're going 93. Are you locking it in? Because Lock, you seemed unsure it about it. I am. All right. Locked in. And your first, your first guess was which one? I'm not going to say. Do you want to change your mind again? No, I don't. I'm locking it in. You don't? It's a total guess. All right. 1993. So the band Corn was actually founded in the year of... 1993 you got it correct lucas you've you've uh surpassed me you've surpassed me i was uh oh. you know this is probably better than I, I expected it to go i i really was thinking that you would manage to to beat me a little harder but like you said the questions were a little bit more difficult this those time. were those were i was not prepared <laughs> yeah <laughs> for, for those yeah corn facts but also threw a band corn in there yes Yes, I knew I knew you were going to do that too, and I still didn't even do any sort of research on them. <laughs> um, well, good, good. Yeah, it's uh, we learned we learned about corn being started in the band corn being started in 1993. We learned about Mitchell, South Dakota, the Corn Palace, um, created we, in 1892. Yeah, um, Tongba, Tong Tongba, which is an alcoholic brew made from millet, um. It's not made from corn, but we learned about that. Uh, silk on corn, serving the purpose of uh, the reproductive system. That's a the good female fact. Part. That's a good fact. It is. I I don't even remember being taught that in school. I feel like that'd be a. Yeah. We need to change the education system to teach more corn facts. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And then we also learned that the first uh, corn maze was built in '93 at the Lebanon Valley College in Anvil, Pennsylvania. Same year as the um, band was formed. That's yeah, not a, in fact, not a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. In fact, the 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 band Corn is actually from Anvil, Pennsylvania. They actually met and, in that maze. Yeah, and the GPS system was used to track them. Yeah, we tracked <laughs> them. We're still tracking Corn to this day, and right now they are, they are currently in. They are currently in, let's see, our corn tracker. Where are we, corn? Where is the band corn? They are currently in, somewhere in Kansas City. Congratulations. Oh. We, we uh, Congratulations. Congratulations. We, we, now, we know where you're at. <laughs> yep. Every So every every episode from now on, we are going to give an update on where the band corn is. Yeah. We're going to tour with them. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And it's also one of Chris Angel's favorite bands. Yes, it is. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, Lucas, on getting up to 10 points. So Thank you. The, the, the results are now 8 points for Patrick, 10 points for Lucas. Mm -hmm. Really anybody's game at this yep. point. Um, neck and neck. Neck and neck. And uh, big whistle, the big whistle. Speaking of that, 1-800-WHISTLE um, you can call to receive your Flounders Big Whistle Starter Kit. Please call them. That's 1-800-944-7853. of all profits will go to Flounders. Um, then you will whop even 12%. Um, this is actually a really good deal. And um, please take the money from everybody you know and love um, while you still can. Hell yeah. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I, I think um, no. No, I don't have Yeah, it. and you, you don't know shit about corn, and you never will. No. Fuck, I guess I don't. <laughs> I'm going to win. You're going to end up in a dog cage, covered in 
covered in jelly. Maraschino, you're going to have to make maraschino cherry jelly and then get covered in it. That sounds awful. <laughs> well, I think it sounds great. All well, right, everybody. That was the Flaming Melon Podcast. See you next week. Are you ready? <laughs> lead me back. Lead me back. Crunch. Lead me back, Crunch. 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 Someone lead me back, Crunch. <laughs>